It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Hi, this is Jay Harwood with the latest edition of Amazing Men's Alumni Podcast. We're here today to celebrate the life of uh, the bad dude, John Stearns. November 7th, they're going to have a celebration of life at the University of Colorado Folsom Field. And two people who are close to, to John, uh, uh, Bob Massey, who played with John for three years in Colorado, and Bobby Valentine, who was with John in a lot of his Mets career. One question I have to both of you guys, was there ever a better nickname than the bad dude for John? You know, it's real interesting, Jay. Uh, when when John was a freshman, Sports Illustrated was interviewing a, a guy named Don Popowell. For, uh, he was going to be an All-American center. I think he ended up playing for the Rams for a few years. But uh, John had a few beers and uh, uh, heard heard about the interview, and he walked up to the uh, Sports Illustrated guy, and he says, my name's John Stearns, and you put in there, I'm going to be the baddest dude that ever played safety at CU. So that, that's, that's how it to, started? That's how it started. <laughs> Bobby, what's your recollection, Bobby V? Oh, Jay and Bob. You know, Bob, you saw all those uh, hits when he was in a football uniform. You, we were in the playoffs uh, in 99, and we had a rain delay. And I had reached out to the PR department over at, uh, in Colorado State, and I asked them to put together the best hits of John Stearns. And um, during the rain delay, I called everyone together. He didn't know what was happening. None of the players knew what was happening. And we put on the TV in the clubhouse all these hits <laughs> of the dude. And he got up in front of the TV when it was all over. He said, that's right. That's why they call me the bad dude. Yeah. Absolutely, you know? he was bad. Jay, as you remember, and Bob, you know, he took the greatest hit in the history of baseball when Joel Youngbug caught a short fly ball and threw him a strike from right field at Three Rivers Stadium in Pittsburgh. And Dave Parker, the biggest, fastest, and baddest uh, dude on the Pittsburgh Pirates, tagged up at third and ran head-on into John at home plate. John took that hit full blast, got knocked back 15 feet, held up the ball when it was all over, and Dave Parker wound up with a broken face. So, yeah, he was a bad dude. <laughs> he, uh, after that comment, he, he, was, he was a tough guy, but he didn't have any choice but to uh, be a bad dude because, uh, you know, everybody on the team was taking shots at him and, kidding him about it but he, he ended up being a, a heck of a player and he loved it he loved the contact and uh, our senior year down at LSU I mean he not only uh, knocked these guys upside down but he had two or three interceptions in one game and uh, you know he was a leader on defense and it was it was really fun at the end of that game we ended up playing in high school together and, and we said can, can you believe that we're here beating LSU because they, they, we were never even picked to be uh in the runnings uh, that year of the of the top twenty five teams in the country, and we ended up number three. So that was that was a lot of fun. 
Hey, Bob, how long did it take him to learn to strut like that? He had the best, baddest <laughs> strut that anybody ever had. He was incredible. I think he I think he practiced in front of the mirror. He was pipping before people were pipping. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, no question about it. No question about it. He was uh, he was a piece of work. One thing I want to bring up, Gar, you know, we had a rough time to say, Bob Massey, I'm sure you're aware of. And we had a lot of great things happen. Bobby V was there. For me, probably the number one highlight was the scene of reception that John got from the fans. He literally willed himself to come there. He wanted to see his teammates and his friends. And he got one point during the ceremony, he got to the batting cage, took a couple of swings. He got a great hand from the crown. And that, for me, that made the whole game worthwhile. Bobby, we were there first. What was your recollection? Well, first off, Jay, the, the hard work you put into it is amazing. Right. Thank you for doing it. And thanks, Steve Cohen, for, uh, and Alex Cohen for initiating something like that at the right time for the right reason. Not only put all the alumni together, but to have that as uh, some of the last days that the dude was on earth. When he went into the batting cage, when he was sitting watching the game, when I walked around with him and, and you know, the, the bat had more substance to it than his shoulder at the time. It is amazing how he, he had passed away already, I believe. And yet he was there walking through that memory of, of baseball players. And, and, uh, it was it was a special day for him, but it was a special day for me to be with him. Uh, and and thank you for doing that, Jay. That was great, Bob. Man, what did, did he t- get a chance to talk about the game? We got back home. He talked about a little bit, but you know, uh, toward the end there, Jay, he he was starting to the dementia was really starting to, to kick in, and and uh, you know he was uh, pretty repetitive of questions and whatnot. So it was a little difficult to get, uh, but he did mention it. He, he really enjoyed that. You know, I think the whole world know what kind of a, you alluded to before, what kind of a baseball player he was, but 16 career receptions led you guys to four bowl games. He was drafted by the Bills. I know it was a senior year. He led the country in hitting and home runs in baseball, but could he have made it in the NFL? Absolutely. He was just a two-fisted guy. That He was such a great athlete. He could have easily have played in the pros for several years. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Bobby, let me ask you, why did you pick John as one of your coaches? You were his teammate, right, in the 70s for a little bit, and you coached him, and then he was on your staff. What made you select him as a coach? John was made of the right stuff. He not only knew the difference between right and wrong, but he knew how to instruct and inform and inspire players and people who were around him. Just his presence, his professionalism in how he went about his business was a benefit to me as a manager and to the team as a whole. Talk about his relationship with Mike. I remember one time Mike had a big home run. What was his quote? The monster's out of the cage. I, I probably screwed it up. It was something along those lines, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. He, uh, 
you know, John was in awe of Mike Piazza's ability to hit it over the fence because of all the things that John did at the big leagues, hitting it over the fence wasn't one of them. He was a good hitter, a great base runner, and a really tough defensive catcher. But that launch angle wasn't part of his program at the time. But when Mike would hit it 500 feet, he would call him the monster of Shea. And, and when he hit that one home run, he said, the monster's been released or whatever it was. And, and we started chanting. It was spectacular. Bobby, what kind of a – would you compare him to maybe Riyamutu today as a fast guy, steals bases, the catcher? Great, great comparison. Uh, similar in size, uh, similar in uh, tenacity at the plate. Uh, both real tough catchers. Yeah, I think John Stearns and Riamuto are, are – uh, that's a great comparison. Hey, Bob, man, let me you, what kind of a – how far back do you go with John? Boyhood days, when did you first meet up with him? Well, actually, uh, the first time I met John, uh, I played uh, uh, Little League football, and his father, Carl Stearns, was a renowned coach at uh, East High School, and – He uh, coached Little League, and his uh, oldest son, Billy, and I were the same age, and we played together, uh, you know, in Little League, and then we went on and played together in high school uh, for TJ, and John was a couple years behind us. But John was such a great athlete, he ended up playing uh, as a sophomore on our high school team, and and then uh, he probably was one of the better players ever to come out of Thomas Jefferson High School. His number was just retired, right? Yes. His baseball number was retired, and uh, he's in the uh, high school hall of fame in the, in, the, uh, in the front hallway there. What kind of a crowd do you, do you expect for the celebration of life in November? I mean, a lot of people coming back to talk about John? Well, I'm sure there'll be as many as, as there is alive. I mean, a lot of us are dropping off the face, but uh, anyway, uh, he, he's got uh, a lot. There'll be, a, there'll be a good crowd there because he still has a lot of great friends from high school and uh, great friends from the football team and baseball team. So I'm sure it'll be a good turnout. Bobby, for you were teammates for a while, right? Yeah, I watched him play. I didn't play very much on those teams. Those were Joe Torrey's managerial days. And, you know, Joe leaned on John to lead that pitching staff, too. You got to remember that. Joe Torrey was just a player manager at the time. I remember in one meeting, he, he just turned it over to John, where John stood up in that pitching staff, and he told him about busting guys inside. He told him about knocking guys down. He told him about the breaking balls that guys were vulnerable to, and uh, Joe leaned on him during that time. Bobby, you weren't there for the Chief Nakahoma thing, were you? Oh, yeah. You were there. You weren't oh, tell yeah. Bob, Bob Massa. One of the great tackles of all time. You know, Chief Nakahoma would come over and uh, – kind of do a war dance at home plate over at Fulton County Stadium and, um, you know, then sprint to left field to his teepee. And John was down in the bullpen and uh, in full stride, the chief who was really fast and had a great stride, John came out of the blue and he tackled him as though he was going to stop him at the goal line. (laughs) And the crowd went wild. It it was one of the most amazing plays yeah. I've ever seen. Bob, I don't know if you know, you know uh, Bobby V and John have a lot in common. Bobby played football at USC. He could have really gone to the pros. No, and- no, just in high school. I could have played at USC. We, we not, but you're still the, probably the best yeah. we, uh, high school player to come yeah. out of. Uh, can I, we score 50 touchdowns? 
Yes, I like that. We, John and I did. We had simpatico, you know, and uh, and I tried to smooth all my stuff over to be the manager. And and he kept his dude style right to the, the last day he was in uniform. He he was a tough guy. If I needed if I needed someone's attention, he was the guy to get their attention. That's for sure. Well, because you without confidence, what was your last talks like with him when he came back i'm really i'm really giving getting chills here jay because um you know he he saw me he came across uh the room i embraced him i told him how much i loved him and then he thanked me for everything i did for him which uh, you know i mean you don't get many people actually say hey thanks for what you did but we hung on together i called him i I gave him encouragement when he was in between jobs at times. And, and of course I hired him and, and we, and we had some fun together uh, in New York too. But um, you know, the, the talk of look around, John, all these guys really know you and really dig you. And, and it just put a, a little, that little grin on his face, you know, a little, little smile from dude was, was worth a lot. Uh, Bob, Matt, you told me you took John back to, the campus recently to Otter Cliff Branch. Yeah, they the the first game of the season this year uh, for the University of Colorado. They played TCU, and at the end of the first quarter, they had a, a short dedication for Cliff Branch for making it to the Hall of Fame, and they uh, they had Larry Brunson and John and I come out on the field because we were on the team, and they acknowledged us. I mentioned it to him, and he said, "You know, I want I want to be there for that." And as much as he was hurting. I mean, he still toughed it out. And uh, I mean, uh, the poor guy, it it was tough for him to get in and out of the car and stuff. But, you know, he was just that kind of a guy who's dedicated. If he made his mind up to do something, by God, it was going to get done. Bob, you tell me a quick story about one. I think which bowl was a Liberty Bowl or in the Astrodome where he got almost junk, a little trouble. He ran a punt out of the end zone. And made it by ER. You almost caught you guys a game, but turned out you won the game. Was that the Blue Bonnet? I forget. That was, yeah, that was the Blue Bonnet Bowl, uh, 1971. And uh, he actually covered Riley Odoms the whole game. And uh, it was a long night for Riley. Uh, he didn't catch too many passes. And uh, Robert Newhouse was a tailback. And I think John uh, led him up a few times. But there was actually a key point in the game where we were in our deep in our own territory. And uh, John was uh, standing about two yards into the end zone. It was fourth down, and he's supposed to punt the ball. He runs it. He runs it out of the end zone. It, it barely makes it the first down, and he walks right by Coach Crowder. And Coach Crowder had his arms crossed, and he just gave him that stare. And and uh, he said, son, it's a good thing you made that first down. Wow. <laughs> but but uh, John, you know, I, I said, what, what do you what do you think about? It? He says, he says, Bobby. He says, I looked up and they were all running the other direction for the return. I had to do it. He just was so savvy and just had a gut feeling for the game and everything he was doing that he just knew he could do it. So he did it. And, and when he was playing safety, you know, he, he knew the plays that were coming at him. And he'd, he'd get a, a full head start and hit these guys, knock them upside down. It was inc- unbelievable. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Bobby Vinovich, John made the All-Star team four times and really a lot of bad teams. Say something for him that, you know, his abilities as a catcher and four All-Star selections, a pretty good career, don't you think? Huh, Spectacular career. He's in the highest echelon of people who've ever played the game of baseball. You know, four-time All-Star, a guy who led his team, and as you say, a lousy team, you know, led them behind the plate, led them uh, in hitting often. Um, he was a very, very good baseball player. John was part of the 2001 team, 9-11, and is part of uh, what you organized with the coaches and players. Talk a little about what that team did to Save New York, bring New York back to a bit of normalcy, that team. Well, actually, under your leadership, Jay, we, well, it was everybody, we, went, we went every Well, you let us know where we needed to be to help the the wounds start to heal. And, and John couldn't do enough. Every time I went somewhere, he was calling, you need me to come. I want to come. He was on the top of the fire stations. He was in, in the fire stations. He was walking through the rubble of uh, of those buildings just days after as it was still smoldering and smelling. And, uh, you know, the families that we touched uh, as a Met family over uh, that year with Tuesday's Children and Beyond, uh, John Stearns was definitely part of it. He cared about other people and he wanted to help. And, uh, you know, some people say that he was a he was a very bad dude, but he was a, a very good person. John's last days at the Mets where he's a player 84. What would you tell like a 10 year old Met fan to remember about John? We had both you guys. What would you want most remember about John as a player and as a person? I would just say that for a young guy, there's not a, a better leader around than John. He cared about what he did, and he was very good at it. And whatever he could pass along, he would pass along. He just loved what he did, and that's why he was so great at it. Exactly, Jay. You know, the, those words of commitment, you know, integrity and, and teamwork, those things that you want every young person to have, John had them with every step of his strut every day of his life. You know, for me, guys, my first year with the Mets was 80. And I was a young kid coming out of a college campus. And John made me feel at home, took me how to react in the major league locker room. And, you know, he w- did all the interviews for me. Just a good, good guy. And I, I appreciate taking the time. We I, we want to just remember John's life and what he did. And, uh, you know, hopefully we won't forget him. Hopefully the people will listen to this and remember what kind of guy John Stearns was. Bob Masson, Bobby Valter, I appreciate your time, guys. Hey, thank you. It's an honor to be on your show.